Hey, what's going on? Super excited to bring this episode to everyone. Uh, sorry for the delay. I've been on vacation for the last two weeks and then spending the last week at the office trying to catch up on work. Um, it was a wonderful vacation. Came back with a corgi puppy. Uh, for those of you that do not know, I am absolutely obsessed with corgi puppies. So super stoked uh, to have a little puppy um, at my house now. Wanted to uh, bring this episode to everybody. So this is from a meetup. Uh, that I spoke at in Raleigh um, right before I started vacation. So for those of you that do not know, I spent about a year in the Raleigh, North Carolina uh, tech market. I got super invested uh, with the guys and girls at the uh, at the Raleigh.net user group or Trinug uh, for what they call it. And I had the wonderful pleasure to go back and speak uh, to a, uh, a great room full of individuals and this podcast is going to be a little funky with the audio, so I do want to prep for that. Uh, I did not have my mic set up properly, uh, but we did talk about a lot of great things, and it went uh, for a very long time. So hopefully you guys can at least pick up uh, a nugget or two out of this podcast uh, for you to use the next time you're on the job search. A few things as usual. If you can, please, please, please rate this podcast um, in the app store. This will allow it to gain some traction and uh, be discoverable for others uh, who are on the job hunt. Also, if you need to reach me, uh, social media is the best way to do it, specifically Twitter. That's at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N, T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N, but that is the same across all platforms, Snapchat, Snapchat and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, finally, if you do need to reach out to me and you don't have social media, shoot me an email, taylor at vaco.com. Hope you guys enjoy, and I look forward to bringing this one to y'all. Even in New York, but I have run into it on the West Coast. More of a surprise because I've had people constantly like, oh, you're older than we thought you'd be. Um, I've actually had to say that to my face. You know, wow, you're, you're a lot older than we thought you'd be because he's not older. You know, because you're a developer, and you know we don't expect that because most of our developers are like 19 years old. Um, and, and I've literally heard people say, "Well, we don't hire developers over 23 in our company because they age out." We, you know, I mean, um, we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't care. Do you, I mean, seriously, are you using Google? I mean, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> no, um, but anyway, uh, they, they basically got told, well, no, you're, yeah, I mean, and again, this is this is what I'm saying, right? Like, I'm I'm just one person, and this is just what I see. You know, I mean, I I, I had to have a, um, you know, we uh, also to let you, everybody know, I'm also VP of the .NET user group here in Nashville as well. So I've been that for the last three years, and we have a pretty active user group, not as active as you guys. We meet once a month, but you know, January is our career panel where basically we have a very transparent conversation, basically what's going on right now just with some other developers, some other hiring managers. And um, you know, we had to have a tough conversation about discrimination in the workplace, right? From like an age and sex perspective. And you know, I and and, and I had one individual who um, obviously has been burned and was and was very, you know, um, frustrated and uh, communicated that to me. And I said, listen, I said, I'm one person. I go, I haven't experienced any of that. In the five years I've been in Nashville, I haven't experienced any of that. Yep. I, I've seen guys that are like on retirement, you know, their benefits and whatever, and get a hired at Glassell, for example, because they have a great skill set. But on the other hand, we had a guy named Bill Walter in the Android group. Yeah. And he was interviewing for Android jobs, and he showed up at some of these places, and they, as soon as they saw him, they were like, oh my God, he's like 70. Yeah. And so he, he made a joke out of it. He talked to him and go, well, you asked for a senior developer. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check that out perfectly. <laughs> like help in some way. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm guessing you're near Willow Tree because there's no one at Willow Tree, and that's where you got, like their oldest guy is like 28. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, like, and, and, and again, I mean, it's it, I'm just one person, and ultimately at the end of the day, I can only speak to really what's going on in Nashville because I've been out of this market now for five years. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so are you. Um, <laughs> so no, I, I haven't experienced any of that personally. I think as long as you keep your skill sets relevant and you know how to interview, I think that's another thing too, right? So I think if, if there is a caveat to age, um, and trust me, I see a bunch of hipster millennials think they're you know hot shit too, but I think there also is some some entitlement from a senior perspective, and at the end of the day. I don't be a dick, right? Like, I mean, I mean that's that's a good life motto in general. <laughs> but like, but but I also think I have a lot of these. Seen, I have a lot of older individuals go in an interview, and they're like, "Yeah, I crushed that. That's great." First off, that's a kiss of death for recruiters. If, any, if, anybody, if anybody comes out of the interview and goes, "Oh, I crushed it," probably didn't do that great. Just a little, a little behind the scenes. Uh, but second off. Um, from a what the heck are we in a wind tunnel now? No. Um, it's a car. It's a but 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 another thing too is that the feedback we get that's usually a no with these older individuals they come in they were just jerks, right? So I mean I, I think keep your skill set relevant. We know Chip. Keep 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 the skill set relevant and and you know don't be a dick and you'll be fine. Um, but I, I think a lot of times on both ends the younger age group and also the older age group that can kind of come into play. So, what else? This is good stuff. It's all good stuff. How do you recommend preparing for our interviews, technical interviews? Yeah, so if you listen to my podcast, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I interviewed David Green um, uh, here in Raleigh, and we talked about some whiteboarding um, books. I hope your screen's okay after that one. Um, so, uh, so my podcast is called Guidance Counselor 2.0. It's on, it's on every uh, app store. But basically, I interview senior developers and hiring managers on 
their job process, what they look for, how, what do they hire. And David Green, we go over basically about um, that there's a few whiteboarding books that he recommended on how to like study for it. Um, I would also, and this sounds so trivial, but be able to speak to what's on your resume. I mean, literally, like, we have these guys that, like, have all these – and, like, for me, I, I can talk super high level about it. And if you, like, say, hey, I see you, you use, like, React in, in this project. Like, how did you guys use it? Like, what was the functionality for it? And, like, I can usually, like, tell by the way they talk if they, like, actually use it or not. But, like, a lot of recruiters can't. And also – what happens is, is they go, hey, how many years of X do you have? How many years of Y do you have? I'm gonna go ahead and submit you. Then you get in the interview and then you get grilled because you have you know, some technologies that you're really wanting to learn kind of you know, spread, um, throughout your resume, sprinkled throughout your resume. I would say have your resume very accurate into technologies and projects you can speak to. If anybody wants to email me, um, I have a resume template that I send out. I actually got it from our Raleigh office when, when, when I worked here. It works really well. I think it looks really good. Um, I've tweaked it a little bit on what it looks like. Um, I have a business cards, so feel free to come up afterwards and, and get that. I'll email it to you. And it, it's worked wonders with every developer I've worked with. Um, but I think another thing too, like no more one-page resumes. Like I want to kick the guidance counselor in the shin, whoever said one-page resumes. Like I'm tired of that. Give me more. Um, as much as recruiters can sell you, your resume still needs to have the necessary verbiage, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you, y'all are terrible at writing resumes. Like, it's just <laughs> the way it is, I'm sorry. Um, but like, let us help you with that and use a recruiter that wants to help you. I think that's another key indicator. Um, so I listen to a lot of business guys. One of the guys I listen to a lot is Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm sure some of you have heard of him. He always talks about this 51-49 mentality, right? Giving more than you giving more than you take. And my thing as a recruiter is if I can't place you, I still want to help you. I still want to help you write your resume. I still want to help you do, you know, talk about some interview stuff or, you know, um, role play on to talk to your boss about um, how to get more money. Um, that is a big thing a lot of recruiters don't do. And so I would look for a recruiter who's willing to go the extra mile and sit down with you and go over those things um, because uh, we don't do that um, enough. And so the recruiter, the way I break things down is I like to see a super high level of a, of a project that you've done. So let's say you've worked at the same place for a while. Um, have you been at the same place? Still, you haven't jumped since, right? Uh, exactly. So, uh, you know, what, what, you know, somebody like you, I would specifically, you know, spell out certain projects that you've done. I would do a project overview. Basically, if you were talking to your mother, right? Hey, mom, I developed an app. When you go on Facebook and click login, that is me, right? Something like that. Then, then what I would do is I would go into so a bunch of technical jargon um, that your mom can't understand, but hiring managers can. Um, and then what I would do is I would recap again the complete tech stack of the tech of the specific project, um, and then I usually recommend three to five pages. And um, if you've been in the, if you've been in the IT industry for any longer, I would say with, with any longer than seven years, I would say at least at least three to five pages. I would say nothing more than five though. I would say that's getting a little too too long. Yep. So I transitioned from engineering to software about two years ago. Awesome. So well. Half of my resume is, is engineering stuff that doesn't necessarily apply. Right. Um, the experience helped, but it doesn't apply to software. Yeah, for sure. Um, what kind of uh, length of resume would you expect from that? So what I would do is, uh, so first off, 
Um, for the last two years, have you been like doing your own stuff, trying to get experience? Or have you actually been with the company? I've been doing both. Doing both. So I would, um, my recommendation to you, depending on, so if you have two years of experience within a specific company doing specific software development work, I would probably keep, I would probably outline that with five to seven bullet points for sure. Um, and have, you can almost have one page um, between a, a technology overview to start. You know, I'm a, you know, former, you know, engineer turned software developer currently doing X, Y, and Z at X, Y, and Z company wanting to do ABC, dive into everything. But I would still probably list some um, like two or three bullet points for your past few years before that and get as quantitative as possible. So I'm really bullish on this. Um, a lot of people like give me like, you know, look, like I feel and like on your resume, like can work well with others. Like, yeah, no kidding. You've been doing it for a while. Like, you obviously work well with others for the most part. So, <laughs> so, so basically like, and, and, and the reason is, is so it, it's very sobering. It was very sobering to me. So my dad, um, was a restaurant manager. Um, he managed the Outback Steakhouse in my hometown for 25 years, um, and it basically was 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 killing him, um, literally. And so he finally left, and he didn't know what to do. And so I rewrote his resume, helped him write his resume, and it was it was very because I deal with sometimes developers become transactional to me. I'm not going to sit here and say. I'm like the best recruiter of all time and I take care of every single person I work with. Like at the end of the day, I get paid when you get placed, right? So like there is some transactional quality to what I do, but it's very sober when you have to help your dad with it. And so um, that was really good for just my um, business because I was able to sit down with developers and go, hey, listen, stop putting the work well with others. Say, hey, this app I worked on saved the business $30 million. Right, so for example, here's, here's a specific takeaway. If I, when I served tables at Outback Steakhouse, and I said my responsibility was to take, take food to the guests and help them and make sure they are taken care of, or what about this? My resume said, serve tables averaged $1,000 in sales for a top 10 Outback in the entire country, averaging $5 million a year in sales. What, I mean, which resume is gonna get the look of the hiring manager, right? And so, 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 so I think the more quantitative you can get with your resume and still obviously bring in the tech side of things, I think, I, I mean, I'm telling you, good resume, I look at resumes for five seconds, for five seconds. And if it doesn't have what I'm looking for, it's gone. And I probably look at over 100 resumes a day. Five seconds. And five pages? I mean, how do you manage that? <laughs> so I need, yeah, I'm a speed reader. No, um, I actually hate reading. Um, so my thing is, is I look at your current position, if you've listed out what you're doing, and I can get a very good sense of what you've been doing in the last probably two positions, position or two. The rest of the five, or for when I come, when I meet with you to go over your background and then HR at the actual client and the, and the hiring manager at the actual client, that's more for them. So that's, so, so, so that's kind of what that looks like. Um, and when I say five pages, it's, 
I, I quickly look at it, and then I, uh, and then I move on. So that's, in, in a nutshell, that's what that looks like. Yeah. Certifications? Not needed. No value? No. No, no. Does it add any like preferences or like, you know, you get like hundred or less certification? No. Gives you any? Nothing. I mean, the, the, the only certification that I really see in today's market on the, is more on the infrastructure side. And again, I, I can't speak for anything outside dev, right? Like I'm super narrow, but I feel like I can speak very well to the 1% that I focus on. Um, I know a lot of security stuff is, is security certs like C, CIS, or CIS. Yeah, all that stuff, yeah. That, that, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I would say, um, those are still very applicable that I've seen from a dev side. I would say cloud. Um, I, I would say the only dev certification because it's still such a new field for the most part um, that companies are um, that that sticks out. Like I've had a few resumes I've submitted and, I, and guys like guys and girls I've talked to that have had the AWS cert or Azure cert, and 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 it, and it goes a longer way. Than somebody who just has like their Microsoft.net cert or something like that. So I, I would spend more time volunteering. The, the time you take to study for a cert, I would take on new projects, learning new technologies for free. Okay. So, with, uh, you know, from all the resume and stuff, with the new trend, yeah. I know it's not really made as much here, but the whole, you know, no resume trend. There, there's a no resume trend? <laughs> yeah. That would make my job so much yeah. easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really moving back. <laughs> don't tell Sid that. <laughs> I don't know how much, but I mean, even here, I mean, years ago, I, I mean, I don't remember I used to say if, if they need my resume, they don't need to hire me. Um, but the thing was, was now people are using GitHub accounts, your blog yeah. posts. Okay. You're, they're not really used LinkedIn and then going off of that, even your Facebook posts. Yeah, so they're not even using your re, they're not even using resumes anymore. This is more of a West Coast thing, I think. But that's coming here because I know some companies. I feel like, like you should just go live out west, it sounds like. I mean, so so I will say yes. There's some validity to what you're saying. Um, so I um, so I, I I placed a guy. He actually started today. Um, he took so he's a junior dev. Um, took eight months of he worked pro bono um, at an actual company to get specific .NET React experience. Um, and his resume looked great, but he provided a ton of code samples. His GitHub. Um, was able to kind of spell out some other things, had a you know, good LinkedIn presence. All that stuff matters. So like for us, the resume still matters. But I think if you're well-connected like you are in the market, the resume doesn't matter as much for you, yeah. right? So, so I, I think if you're able to have your resume looking really good, your GitHub looking really good, there is ability to LinkedIn, we can talk about that if we want to. Like, like I, I think if, if you have the web presence, like Twitter, like huge on Twitter, right? I don't know about y'all, but like I'm all over Twitter. I've been super bullish about Twitter lately, probably in the last year. 
yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so, so, so that being said, I mean, it, I would say it's probably, you know, the whole no resume trend, I would say it's a trend because you're really networked in. Right. If we're talking about a junior guy in the market who just moved from LA like me, his resume is still going to be it. Okay. So. And, and so I want to just add that as a, as a person who's been a hiring manager and who's, who's done hiring, um, for me, I had this thing, and it, there's a thing going around, they said a little button that said it was a 501 with a line to it. Yeah, we don't want 501 developers. And what a 501 developer is, is at 5 o'clock, you're out, yeah, 501, you're out the door. Yeah. You're not doing any more coding at home. You're not coming to, you know, the fact that people are coming to triangle.net user groups or JavaScript user groups, you know, put that down. Oh, yeah, that you're a member of these extra, you know, these extra activities, because that shows that it's not just a job for you. And mm -hmm. me is, if I'm gonna hire you, I'd rather hire a person who's dedicated to learning than someone who's sitting there and just filling the seat. Hundred percent. Yeah, I would say and that's huge. As a hiring manager, and you know, and also some back to what you're saying, um, for engineering, the fact that you did you solve problems? Did you take a situation? Did you solve that problem? Did you solve something? That, and I'm gonna look at that as a hiring manager. You know, did you fix something? I want to see if you figure crap out because honestly, software development is everything's gonna be freaking new to you yeah. anyway. So as a hiring person, I want to know that you want to learn. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. That's why it's me is I don't give a crap about your resume, frankly. I give a crap about sure. your blog post, what are you saying on Facebook, what are you doing, are you coming to meetings, you know, are you speaking? Absolutely. Attitude. Hmm? attitude. Attitude. Overall yeah. attitude for yeah. Yeah. things like Code Camp and some of the, some of the open um, um, presentations, is that, is that what's including your resume? Uh, like goes like speaking stuff. Well, speaking definitely, but I haven't done any of that. Oh, you're talking about just like attending? Yeah, yeah, I mean for sure. I, I, so we have one client, Nashville, that wants "quote unquote" tinkers, right? So they literally, when we have to submit their resume, they say you, we, I want you to ask the developers like what podcasts you're listening to. Um, what, um, which now should be my podcast for everybody. <laughs> uh, so, so, so podcast, um, what books you're reading? I don't read books, so obviously podcast. Um, you know, what conferences are you attending? Um, we have to submit that to the client. And so, um, you know, I, in, in one of my other podcast episodes, uh, I talk about be being a social developer. So um, one of my good friends uh, that I placed um, in Nashville from Chicago, he's a JavaScript uh, React guy. Um, he's at Eventbrite now. Um, and he, he and I were, were kind of talking on our podcast and, and, and the talk switched way differently than I thought it was going to. And we just literally talked about Twitter for like 10 minutes, just using Twitter. And like Kyle, his, uh, Kyle Welch is his name. He's super active over Twitter. Whenever he, he has a problem at work, like a coding problem, he like tweets it, and then of course like I try to tweet back at him, like I know what I'm talking about, this is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like just press escape, that's all you gotta do, just close it down and restart it, and it'll work for you. Yeah, just hit the computer a few times. Um, but he's been able to network a ton, um, and, and, and it's, it's allowed him to basically, one, learn from other people, um, I mean, I know you've been super active on Twitter too, um, you know, with, with your speaking engagements and, and it allows you to kind of broaden your network, but also um, show that you care. I mean, I, I, I think, I, I think there is, 
this thing that's being pushed lately, and I've talked with one of my other um, guests on podcasts was, I feel like there's a push lately for software individuals to just have more empathy and just to have much more understanding. Um, and it's not all about the soft skills. I mean, the hard skills and the tech skills. And, and literally one of the, the guys I was talking to goes, absolutely. Um, there, there's more of a push right now, you know, the whole don't be a dick thing. Um, it's, it's, it's more prevalent now than I think it ever has been. Um, and, and I have clients that are willing to have to hire people now who don't necessarily have the skill set, but who are just good people. Um, so just FYI there, kind of what I'm seeing in the market. So how are they going to figure out that if you're good people? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, interviewing, I mean, interviewing for us to like, so I would get with a recruiter who, and, and I, and I'm going to answer your question and kind of go into another thing because we haven't touched it yet. I, I'm probably the most bullish on this one point is find a recruiter who can coach you through the interview process and to tell you who you're interviewing with and the personalities you're interviewing with and the team structure and who's the, who's the problem child, right? Like, like I think that's really important and will educate because a lot of times recruiters go, Hey, can you do a phone call tomorrow at three o'clock? Yes. Okay, great. And then like some hiring manager calls you at XYZ company and you have no idea like what you're going to talk about, what questions are being asked, like who they are as a person. For me, like, and again, I don't bet 100%. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect. But for the most part, I really try to be bullish on, hey, here are the four people you're interviewing with. Here are their LinkedIn's. I've placed two of them. They're really good dudes. I can have a beer with them. They're super chill. Um, uh, one guy moved from Oregon. I see that, you know, you've lived out in the Pacific Northwest. Maybe you guys can bond with them on that. Like be able to kind of educate individuals. So when they go into an interview, it's almost like just chatting with a friend because you already know so much. That's my end goal. Um, and then if you feel like maybe you're not the best at interviewing, um, you come in and, and actually interview with recruiters, like just use us as a trial, like trial and error. Um, there, there's a lot of us out there. You could get a lot of practice if you really wanted. Um, but um, I don't know if that answers your question at all. Does that answer your question? Uh, no. 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 <laughs> all right. So, 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 so re-ask the question. Re -ask the I just, you were saying that you're looking for good people. people. I said, people. like, how are they going to figure that out? Like, with, how do we show that? Yeah. You, yeah. How, yeah. Like it's like, how, how would the hiring manager of a person So for us, yeah. So... I try. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so, so can a lot. So, I try. I try my best to match. And again, this is on my end. Is match candidates with the companies that would fit culturally. So, when you interview with them, there should be a fit. Does, it, does that make sense? Like, I'm not going to submit you, so, so let's say you and I meet, mm -hmm. and you're like, I don't like uh, a wide open seating, and again, this is just, I don't know you, so we're just talking here. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like a wide open seating environment, I want to be at a cubicle, um, and I really hate agile, I just want to be like, you know, super waterfall and just kind of do my own thing, and I don't want to work with like a lot of great technology, like I'm really good at C Sharp, and that's all I want to do. Okay, I'm not going to submit you to a super agile shop where it's in a wide open seating arrangement and it's just going to be a complete mismatch. 
You mean like then fit people, not good people. You mean like the person who fits in the. She's talking about some character, bro. Character. Person. So that's up to the hiring manager. So I, I guess I guess I'm a person for my end. I'm a person for my end. Like, at the end of the day, you're gonna have to gel well on your own with the hiring manager. But I'm gonna try to get you and connect you with the clients that I think you will able to gel with, and they like you and want to move forward with you. Talking about portfolios, what kind of projects? Speaking of old people. Yeah, speaking of old people. What kind of projects do you have shown? Hold on real quick, sorry. Portfolios. Portfolios. How much do you have? What kind of projects? How many varied projects? And how should it be presented? Yeah. A lot of questions. So, first off, I would say what type of job are you going at? Right or like what? What do you? So let's say you're a .NET guy and you don't know React and you want a job that's going to teach you React. I would want, from a recruiter perspective, to submit to the hiring managers. I would want you to be able to send me a GitHub with specific React code and and the projects outlining with what with the company that you did the work with and what you've done for that company. I say what? Yourself teaching. Yourself teaching? Then I would study up really hard, send me GitHub code samples, and then have a recruiter who can be extremely communicative on the front end that says, hey, this candidate doesn't have any professional coding experience. Here's his GitHub, here's some projects he's done on his own. Do you want to speak with him? There's always open source projects that can be your help. Yeah. Even if it's just doing language translations or if he was doing code documentation. If you're a committer on something, they like you. So, does that help? I want to make sure I answer people's questions because I don't want to be like vague, like I kind of am. My wife gets on me for that. By the way, another thing, if you guys are worried about your personalities going for an interview, pay me. I'll interview first. I'll make you look good. They all good. Yeah. So, so last week we had a promise. Last week we had an Android meetup and okay. I had a guy in there with one of the presenters and uh, he had just got a job uh, out in San Francisco. So he basically did, did an interview and went out there. Mm -hmm. And so his presentation was on his GitHub code. Yep. And literally he had about five simple projects and they were like, they were not like Hello Worlds, but they were also not like a, this really extensive application. Right. Really what they were, were, were little projects that were Android-based applications that had like five or six different libraries that were pertinent to the job that he was, and, and so he had built five or six apps where he had these different types of libraries that he'd integrated and used in his code, and he did it well. And so this is this is stuff that he basically presented in like a two-hour presentation. So yeah. it's not really in-depth code, but it's enough to show that he knows how to use those libraries and put them together. I was, put a sample up there. Yeah. And it was enough to get him a job in San Francisco and he moved out there and, did, and he's doing it now. Not making this uh, $300,000 more than a 600 square foot apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, so I got national San Francisco. I mean, it's not like it's not like the GitHub project is like the super obstacle. Is what no. I said. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's right. So, like, you want to go interview for a job that's using X, Y, and Z framework or library. I think if you do the project on your own, do some sort of open source. I know there's a lot. I mean, that's the whole point of open source is contributing and stuff and being actively involved. I think as long as you can say, hey, hey, client, hey, recruiter, this is what I've done. 
and have it very straightforward and plain and be able to explain it. Again, the big thing is being able to explain it, not only your projects, but what's on your resume. There's not gonna be any. Like today, I, I made a little small traffic light animation. Yeah. And then I, I got most of the Space Invaders stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, but, but that's it though, right? And I think if you can go in and do a few of those things and go and say, hey, hey client, I don't have this, Specifically, but here's where I'm trying to learn. I mean, I don't, how, how many people in here are, are leads or hiring managers? Okay, so just a, so Kev, yeah, there you go. Um, so I don't know. I mean, would you say you would rather see some guy or girl come in with not exact experience, but be willing to have to show they've done all this side project work? Don't be don't be difficult with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, this is He's a hiring yeah, but I placed that initially, so like. <laughs> So, my team, yeah, absolutely. I, I brought in someone who was an intern, just got a, uh, got a master's degree. Um, although I am in a special case with a company where the people I generally interview uh, are, they have to be hot, very high-end database developers. Like, I can't have low for sure. database developers. Yeah, for sure. By low-end, I don't mean you know, you're not very good at your job. I mean also, Green. Junior, yeah. yeah. Like this is a very complex environment. My team is a little special where I can bring in a junior person, build up a junior person, and I have done that. I've got two of them plus one very senior person to counterbalance it. Uh, and me, whatever. Yeah, I so, mean, yeah, I, I just wanted to make your case for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, again, the whole thing I'm seeing is, is companies want tinkerers. And so I think if you can come in and show what you've done after hours, I think that's going to go a long way. Right, like my intern, I pulled her in, and she went to user group meetings, I found her there. And I was able to get her in, now she's working full time. Yeah, and she presented too, right? She did. Wind forms? Wind forms, what about it? <coughs> how, I'm just saying, how, how, what's the demand? <laughs> uh, in Nashville, desktop. I actually have, there's actually been quite, I'm talking desktop. Yeah, right, right, right. Right. Yeah, 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 believe it or not, I'm one of the, I, Believe it or not, understood. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so I would say um, for for again, I can speak in Nashville. I know the I think web at the end of the day still rules the world, but I think there is a very needed market. I, if you want to move to Nashville, I have I have one client looking for ten WinForm developers. Um, they're they're there's, in the, a, there's a lot of remote jobs for WinForm still. Jim, are you raising your hand? You want to move to Nashville with me? Jim, anecdotal evidence is that file new WinForm projects are the most projects created. Really? Yes. That's from Microsoft numbers. File new WinForms is the largest number of projects built. So mm -hmm. people slam WinForms, it's still huge. It is. You need a quick utility. Yeah, well, it, 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 and I wanted that too. If I, if I want to test something, I'll go find the new forms, I'll put a button on the forms, I'll click it, put the code there, try it. And that's, that's yeah. yes, cool. what he <laughs> said. Exactly, just like that. I also use Dev Express. Okay. And I've noticed that's been, you see that a lot in the magazines. Yeah. Is that, is that being used? Uh, what's what's Dev Express again? Uh, so it's a control library. Yes, it is. I'll call to you later. <laughs> <laughs> Here, that's why we have.
conversation. I mean, I, I would say from a toy perspective, I haven't heard the word buzzword Dev Express. It's, it's but like teller control. Got it. Right. Okay. Okay. So, I, but but I would say from a from a wind form perspective, there has been a slew of it in Nashville lately, um, and uh, we have one client. They develop military software, but they do some pretty cool stuff, um, and it's all like there's they do some VR stuff and whatnot. I mean, it's. Um, and also, too, I don't know if I'm over-speaking and correct me, everybody in here, um, from a software perspective, but they're doing some other crazy stuff, too. Okay. Uh, yeah, but um, they, they do kind of the aircraft controls type things and simulator and stuff like that. Um, but but what I, and I don't want to over-speak, but I'm also seeing kind of in the market, too, there's more of an emphasis on hardware as we move more towards kind of the VR era. And I don't know, I'm seeing that a little bit more, and I don't know if that's me over-speaking as a recruiter, um, but I'm seeing more an emphasis in Nashville, at least, from more of a hardware perspective. Um, so, that's just kind of what I've seen. I'm curious, what are you seeing? Are you seeing more VR or AR? Uh, we, we have one, I know of one client using VR. What's, what's, what, what's the Oculus? Is that VR? VR? VR. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Microsoft has their new their new stuff, which kind of what it really Yeah, is. I don't know. Um, they're calling it mixed reality, which really is virtual reality because they don't have augmented in there. Mm-hmm. And augmented is, um, oh, uh, oh. Yeah, but God knows that's not going anywhere. Right, right. Um, and, um, but yeah, so I'm just curious what you're yeah, it's just one. It's not a ton. Don't it's, get it's wrong. It's the Oculus Rift. No, it's the Oculus Rift, not the Oculus. Correct. Not the Facebook Oculus, right? No. Okay. No. Yeah. You, you, you were raising your hand trying yeah, to have another question. Yeah. Uh, so you already punted on how you find a tell apart an awful person. Um, how do you tell an awful company? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> so I'm going to be completely straightforward here. I currently recruit for some awful companies. Can you ask the recruiter? <laughs> yeah, and honestly, if the recruiters, if the recru- if it's if it's a recruiter you want to work with, he or she will tell you straight up. Uh, I'll give Aco credit. They have always been. There's some other companies that some of us have worked through that have not been so legit. Yeah. Um, but Aco has always been like, yeah, this company sucks. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 always, I always tell the individuals I work with the good, the good and bad and ugly of every client, right? So, like, there's one client in Nashville. Um, I'm not naming names or any industries or something, but basically, it, they have gone through tremendous growth. They've implemented a lot of new technologies. But because of the growth, there's been a lot of turnover. And people kind of can get lost. No. Um, you know Say what? Well, no, we don't. We don't work with them. Um, so, uh, um, but you know, so I'll say, listen, if you come in and you work here, you're going to get X, Y, and Z exposure for technologies. But we've had some people leave because of this reason. Um, there, there are some companies right now, one specifically that is not good at all, and we just have to be straight up. Hey, listen, there's there's been a new regime shift, and. It's it's uh it's a little dicey right now. Okay, so yeah. aside from the honest recruiter, uh, no joke there. No, no I was gonna make a joke. It's not really. Yeah. Glassdoor. So 
Yeah, but Glassdoor, the problem is if you had a good experience with a company. You never write something. You never write it. Exactly. Something. If you have an awful it's like Yelp reviews. Yeah, it could be because the company is a bad company. It could be because, well, frankly, you were a crappy developer and I fired you because you didn't get crapped up. So you're going to write an awful review. Well, my manager was an idiot. He constantly got on my case and rang me about everything. So it's, it's a case where there's a lot of noise. And companies are starting to gain the hell out of it. They are. Yes, yeah. that's the other side where it's like the five star reviews. This is the best company ever. <laughs> Every <laughs> single day there's a new five star review. Yep. You know? Well, you could also, I mean, I've been, when, I, when I was looking and I talked to managers, I kind of will talk up another company that's interviewing me. Or I'll even make, you know, I'm going to interview another company and talk about how cool it was. And sometimes I'll see the manager looking at me and almost be, you know, I'm like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, did you want to interview there? <laughs> and uh, there have been times that Richard just yeah, because this company sucks. Ah. <laughs> and I'll be like, well, let's go get some drink. And I'll find out everything there is to know about the company. And sure, you can actually, if you you can build rapport with who you're, the person you're interviewing with, and you can actually get a lot more information. You can ask questions that kind of lead down a path, and you can actually see the person's reactions, you know, to things. And I mean, that's why these people I interview, with a community, I do all sorts of tricks. You're asking how you find out who good people are. Well, I do things like to see what their reactions are. But you can do the same thing as an interviewee. You can go in and you can ask questions, see what their reactions are, see how, and just kind of. Oh yeah, I mean you're you're interviewing them as much. I mean, especially right now, it's crazy. The tech market is just nuts right now. I mean, I have. And and I know Ryan can attest to this, and any recruiter in here can attest to this. I mean, we have candidates that just kind of interview and they're like, ah, it's just not it, right? And, and because they have like five or six other offers or, or you know, potential opportunities coming down. But the thing is, is those people, those individuals that I meet with, they interview the clients, they interview my companies. And I think that, I think that is a skill that not many people bring to the table is yes, while you are gonna get probably bombarded by React questions for a React job, um, you also need to make sure you come with questions because at the end of the day, it's your, it's your, it's your fault if you get placed at a job and you didn't ask the questions coming in. I mean, I had one guy that I just placed, I literally texted him and I gave him everything, all the information, good, bad, and the ugly. And he still, he still expressed his concern with me a month in and, and I should have asked him. I didn't, but I was like, did you ask the questions? Because I gave you a heads up. As far as questions go, there's nothing more effective than making somebody talk about themselves. Yep. So if you can ask them a bunch of not personal questions, but yeah. hobby questions, or if you can ask them, people love talking about themselves. Research the manager on LinkedIn. Like, yeah. know where they worked before. And when you, when you leave that interview, if you've asked them a bunch of questions about themselves, and they've talked a lot about themselves, not the job, not the company, themselves. When you leave, oh, they're gonna like you. Oh, he was really good. <laughs> <laughs> they just will, it's human sure, nature. Yeah. If someone expresses an interest in you and you talk all about yourself, you like that person because they listen to you talking about themselves. They're gonna think they like you. My wife, on our first date ever, I grilled her with questions, and she literally makes fun of me. She goes, you interviewed me, and I go, it did work, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, what's, what's her boyfriend think of you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your wife's name? 
<laughs> not more or less Jackie. Jackie. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Um, what else? I mean, this is all good stuff. Oh, real quick, uh, recruiter guidelines. I want to bring this up. Um, this is my two cents. This is kind of a quick filter because I know everybody in here. Let me ask you this. Raise your hands. How many people get bombarded um, once a week on LinkedIn? Once a week. Several times. Okay. How about how about once once every three days? Once a day. Once a day. Yeah, exactly. So so here's so here so, so here's here's my little trick with this, and this is my little kind of thing that I'm pretty bullish about at these uh, conferences I speak at, and kind of share our secrets. I would only work with a recruiter that's been with the same company. Personally, I would say for more than two or three years and has been in the local market, within that market for at least a year. Because I will tell you this, I've been in Nashville for five years now and I'm still learning the market. And I've been with Baco for seven. And, and so uh, there's one recruiter that used to work at Baco years ago. Obviously, he doesn't work here anymore. If you go to his LinkedIn, everything's like one year, 10 months, one year, nine months, two year, one month, one year, 11 months. I mean, literally, it's like clockwork. And so if you can work with a recruiter that has been the same place for more than two or three years and has been in the local market recruiting in the city that you're in for more than a year, he or she should be knowledgeable enough to at least get you started on your job search. Anything else, don't work with them. Don't work with these college guys and girls coming out here. Um, I actually have a good friend, a job architect, works at... Uh, Deutsche Bank here in town. Um, he and I were grabbing lunch when I was here, and he was like, I feel like recruiters were what uh, developers were at the dot com boom. Like, everybody wanted to be a developer, everybody wanted to get paid a ton of money, everybody had to read, you know, how to code 90 days, and then he goes, It ruined it for the people who wanted to do it long term, like me. And I go, Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. You get these college guys and girls that have no idea what they want to do when they get out of college, they're all like type A athletes that like couldn't cut it in the pros. And so they're all like hyped up and ready to go and they're overzealous and they're super annoying and they annoy the heck out of you. And it's just all numbers for them. And so if you can find somebody who's been at the same company for a little bit, um, they're able to kind of have more of a relationship with you instead of treating you like some sort of number. So I just want to go ahead and get that out there. So on that note, how do people, how do you find people? Yeah, so uh, so I'm going to say this great question. Um, so I use Dice a ton. Everybody know what Dice is in here? Dice? Yeah. Holy cow, there's people that like shook their head no. Oh, wrong guy. So I don't know. That's great. Um, Dice, you have to be in technology to use Dice. So I don't really use CareerBuilder anymore um, at all in my searches um, because when I search developer, I get anywhere from like construction to like who knows what. And you got a resume from 10 years ago? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think CareerBuilder's got like a data uh, thing that they gotta fix. With Dice, if I search the word developer, hold on, if I search the word developer, Everybody that pops up is going to be a software web or database, whatever developer. So I would highly recommend that. I would also have your LinkedIn up to date. Now, this is a caveat. If you don't want people to hit you up on LinkedIn, don't have it looking good. But David Green, I use him a lot because we talk about it on our podcast, he which I'm pissed off at him because he used like a professional. He didn't call me and it really ticked me off. But that's beside the point. We're still working through it. <laughs> he, 
If you go to his LinkedIn, his LinkedIn is perfectly spelled out the way I want to see developers. So your LinkedIn is your summarized resume. So what I would do is literally three sentences, project overview, specifically to specific technologies you're using, and that's it. Because what you want to do is you want to tell the recruiter what you're doing, what technology you're using, and that's it. Um, so there is, so thank you for bringing this up. There is a feature that not many of you guys and girls know, and it's on our end. There's a feature that you can click and it says open to opportunities. When I search for developers in Nashville, I immediately go, so I, let's say I need um, like a .NET developer with Angular 2. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, now whatever version you guys are on now. <laughs> Basically, <clears throat> I go and I plug into LinkedIn, .NET and Angular 2 plus, and basically what happens is there is a, there is a certain, and I, I maybe need to work this into my um, presentation because hey, having slides, but there is a tab where us recruiters can go and click on open to opportunities. And it only pulls up the developers that are open to opportunities. Now, we can still message people who are not looking. But if you really want, if you're like in dire need and your company's like going under or there's a layoff, Make sure you, you select that little button because you will get an influx of <laughs> messages from us. Um, but then what I would do is I would go through and use that criteria I said and kind of weed out the, the kind of the newbies with the, with the people who know what they're kind of doing. I still really don't know what I'm doing. Just <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I would say LinkedIn Dice. Is, is kind of where I, I like to play. I don't use Monster. I don't use Career Builder. Um, those two things. I say Career Builder, I think polls its own data feeds. Really? I've got some people say, oh, I saw your resume in Career Builder. I'm like, well, I don't have one. Mm -hmm. so, How about uh, Indeed? Yeah, so Indeed has a, uh, Indeed and Dice are the same thing from what I've been told. Oh. At least on the recruiting end, because we got, our accounting teams got a license to Indeed, but we didn't because it's the same data that pulls from Dice. So I don't know what it looks like on your end, but I know Indeed's becoming more of a thing now, so I would recommend that. I would Dice post in Indeed, but it doesn't necessarily go the way. Wait, say that again? Dice yeah. will also post to Indeed. Gotcha. Okay, so from a posting perspective. Right. Okay, well I may need to look into that then from a recruiter perspective. Uh, Glassdoor. So I don't understand. How, how do you, how do we, do we find, I, I've never found anybody through Glassdoor. Is that a thing? You can search in Glassdoor. Can you? Okay. Yeah. You can search for jobs. Yeah. You can search for jobs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Glassdoor is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, from, from on our end, and also I would only work with two recruiters max. Max. I think, I think if you're not happy with two, find another one. Do you tell the two if they work the other ones? Absolutely. Okay. I, I literally sit in meetings and I go, don't let me be the only person you work with. Now, with, now that excludes um, major corporate recruiters, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, corporate recruiters. So the, corp, the recruiters actually call you a, a, from the actual company. Like that's fine. I, I meant like agency, like Vaco, Texas, Harvard and a half, blah, blah, blah. Like I would work with only two of us because I would say – Maybe in Raleigh three because you guys I think are a little larger of a market than maybe Nashville from a tech side of things, um, but in Nashville for sure just two. Um, and, and if you have to fire one, tell them, hey man, hey gal, it's not working out. Nothing personal. 
don't call me anymore. Because what happens is, is we don't get the hint, we keep calling you. Oh, it's okay. We're going to quit go to a different job in six months anyhow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, two groups. Yep. How often should, a, once you got the job seeker in your database or your stable, how often should stable, that? I'm going to start using that. I love that. How often should they be contacting the recruiter? Yeah, so um, this is a great, another great question. See, I love it. I, I knew the juices get flowing the longer we keep talking. So um, I keep a email newsletter of the best people I work with that I email out every three months, but I don't spam. I say, listen, if you don't want this, tell me, but I'm just, I'm just saying, hey. And then I usually do like a shameless self-plug to my podcast. Um, but, but basically it's value add, right? Hey, how are you doing? Just want to see, you know, kind of what you're up to. So I check in with like my good people every three months. Um, if you didn't make the list, I'm personal. And what about the other flip side? Flip side. So a lot of people, so yes, recruiters for the most part are terrible at their jobs, but I do want to defend us for a quick second. Hear me out. Our job is to meet 15 new people a week. New, not the people I met last week, not the people I met last month, not the people I met last year, I met weekly. We have to turn through a bunch of people. I was gonna say another word. <laughs> we have to meet a lot of people and it's exhausting. And, it, and, and we can only, I th think there's like a number, like a person can only keep up with like 120 relationships or something like that, or some, some nerdy thing like that. For me, it's like, Three. Um, I'm terrible uh, at it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Two tops. Two tops. Yeah. Two tops. Yeah. So. So. I always tell I always tell developers I work with please annoy me like email me text me call me because don't call me because I don't answer the phone a bunch text me and email me because the people who stay top of mind with me get jobs if they're good, right? The caveat is, like I have one cold fusion guy just bombarding me right now in Nashville. Like, it's cold fusion. Yeah, don't, right, not, t not a ton of cold fusion going on, so, um, but he's just, right? I say what? It's still being updated, I swear to God, I just found this out like a couple of weeks ago. Seriously? Yeah, like they, they just had a release this year. They, they, it's crazy. They need to get the message. Couldn't believe it. Um, so, Check in with the recruiter, right? So it's, it's a little give and take. A lot of times, like, oh, the recruiter talked to me. Well, did you follow up with them? No. Okay, well, it's a business relationship. There's got to be check-in on both ends. Um, but again, I would say probably once a week for the first month, and then if y'all can't get anything rolling, just go to every other month or once a month. Um, but at that point, if they're not able to help you within the first 30 days, um, they're probably not going to help you immediately. If that makes sense. I would also start looking for a job sooner than you think, if that makes sense. Most people wait for, look for jobs when they get the layoff, when they get fired, and then you are, then, then what happens is, is you don't ask the questions on the interview because you are stressed and just want a job, and then you are miserable in your next job. So I told my brother, I said, you need to just constantly just, just, Keeping your head up. See what else is out there. Like, I work with a ton of senior engineers in town. They're like, I'm not looking, but like, just send me anything that's up my alley. I'm like, okay, I will. 
So I always say this, um, companies can call people whatever they want to call them. So if, I mean, so from an architect perspective, I feel like that name is thrown around way more than it should be, right? Um, literally I had a guy get a CTO job and the company just threw the CTO title at him because he wanted it. And he's never had leadership before. He's literally an individual contributor forever, and then they threw him a CTO job title. Because, because I, I got him an offer. Uh, and by the way, have the decency to call back the recruiter. Sorry, little rant here. Call the recruiter back. Don't email him, right? Literally, I had a guy, had a guy in Austin. He's a, a QA automation guy. Called me up. He goes, man, I'm really sorry. My wife took, I got a promotion. We can't move to Nashville anymore. I go, man, that's totally fine. I'm going to be in Austin next week. Send me some lists of things to do. Let's catch up, grab coffee. He goes, great, that sounds great. The other side of things is the guy shoots me an email. I try to call him just to have a conversation with him. He side buttons me. Guys, listen. It goes both ways. Yes, we can be pretty shitty as well, but don't, like... Don't, don't ignore us when we're trying to help you. So to answer your question from an architecture perspective, just stay hands-on coding. Mm-hmm. I would say the market trends, and I don't know, Ryan, what you see here, but like you're going to be more – like to be honest, I tell everybody, it's like, oh, I want to move into management. Great, I'm not going to help you because we always get called for the developers. We don't get called for the managers. And if we do, there's only a few of them that are already in the pipeline that – you know, that we can probably loop you into, but people still want, people come to us, and again, this is just me, right? Two cents. Okay. But people still come to us for the hands-on coding. Which asks, answers the question, who do they go to for management? Internal. Say? Internal promotions. Really? Yeah, but then of course no one wants to raise their hand because no one wants to get out of code. That, that's a whole other thing that's, that I see. And I've talked to a bunch of senior developers about that. I mean, there are companies, there are firms that do what level of management you're talking with yeah. firms that specialize in For that. sure, for sure. And, and, and they're out there. But I would say just from a market intel perspective, just stay as hands-on as you possibly can. I placed one guy, the most hands-off I've placed is the guy who was 90% in architectural meetings and 10% hands-on. And he was still able to get a 100% coding job. Well, based on, well you, so you guys have, Yes, that, that. <laughs> no, I'm just having a brain fart. And, um, anyway, Mindy. Mindy. thank you. Um, Mindy has thrown um, uh, architecture jobs across on the Yeah, table, I mean, so. they're there for sure, for yeah. sure. Okay. I just meant like long, like looking out past the architecture because okay. everybody calls architecture. You can be an architect at IBM and I'm sure it's going to be a different than the architecture at somewhere else and so and so, right? Mm-hmm. But I think at the, at the end of the day, just stay hands on. I mean, I think people where you do found us when you to get those roles, you know, have things like Docker and things like that on your yeah. resume as well. Right. When you have that, recruiters see that they get requirements for developers. Like they'll get a requirement for a developer, but it's really an architectural position. But it's saying, well, we don't want somebody who understands devs and DevOps. I actually yeah. just had one of those come today. It's we're looking for a developer, but I'm reading it's going, okay, you want somebody who can architect you know, how these forms are going to work, you want the code deployment processes for this, plus you want the architecture, how are you going to do these different data store strategies and all of this. 
So yeah, I I think, but it's all but your te the technology has to be there in your experience. And I think they'll come. They'll come. Up. I, they get them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did that with them all. For sure, Chip is a wanted man. Uh, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll go with the guy with glasses. Um, signs the early in the relationship that you have a good recruiter, as opposed to somebody you should let go and go No hipster glasses. I said hipster glasses. Wears loose pants. He's got the hipster beard too. Yeah, my Irish beard. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> few things, and again, I have things I have to work on, right? I obviously, Kevin called me out, I punted on two questions, right? So like, I'm obviously not great at answering questions sometimes. But the thing is though, is that I feel like I do it fairly well. And so I'll tell you from my perspective. I think one, the recruiter wants to meet you. Why would you ever want to work with a recruiter who doesn't want to meet with you and be responsible for possibly your next step in your career. Like to me, like when I get the developers like, oh, let's just talk on the phone. I'm like, why? Like, obviously I don't mean much to you, which is fine. Like my job, I get rejected so much in my job. But be, being willing to meet, right? So that's first step. I would say the next thing is... Um, do they ask the necessary questions, right? So do they go through your job history? You know, do they really, so the question I always ask, like, listen, I, I know what you do inherently on your resume. What do you want to do? Why are you looking? Um, you know, the conversations where the recruiter can back out of it and say, hey, listen, like, what's important to you, I think is the big thing. Um, and also, like, the third thing is, it's like the warm and fuzzies, right? Like, like you know, we talked about interviewing. When, when you interview with somebody and they ask you a bunch of questions about yourself, and you go, like, oh, it's great. Like, does it feel good? Like, does it, like, hopefully when people hang out with people are like, oh, I love hanging out with Taylor. Right? And, and so, I, I would say if you get that feeling, I would say paired with the criteria I told you about staying at a company for a certain amount. Also, finally, like, I'm really bullish on LinkedIn, References. Um, I've, there's a few people in here that have written references for me on LinkedIn um, because I want to show to the dev community like I'm not another recruiter. So see, see if that recruiter base. You're getting an empathy from them. You can feel that. If you don't feel that when you're talking to a recruiter, then if they don't care about you, then you probably shouldn't be caring about them. Yeah. I work with Taylor. He, cares about people. He wants to know who you Not are. paying him to say this whatsoever. The <laughs> <laughs> credit card didn't even clear. Yeah. <laughs> 10 grand is cheap. Yeah. But yeah. I usually go with, can, does the person care about me? And you can usually tell when you talk to somebody if they care about you. And if they don't, walk. Because there are recruiters who do care. Yeah. Perfect thing he was saying was, this person is helping you on the next step of your career. Holy crap! That's an important person. Do they care about me? No. Next, find somebody who does. And that's it's just a feeling you get. Yeah, and one thing one thing I do from from because we, we just hired I, when, when, after my, like after I get back from vacation, I'm heading to the beach tomorrow. Um, I have to train two more people when I get back. And the big thing with me is I actually hate hiring people who have experience. I wanna I wanna hire people who I know care. 
and who I know just like love, love on people because that's the intangibles. I can't really teach that. I can teach you the difference between .NET and Java or the big one, Java and JavaScript. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Watch out now. Yeah, Watch same out. Thing, same thing. Yeah, exact same thing. Hey, the fact that you know there's a difference is actually kind of impressive. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say do they care? Are they involved? I think that's another yeah, thing, too. Yeah. So many recruiters are just not involved. Um, and that's one thing I've been pretty bullish about with, like, speaking and stuff is, like, I want I want to show you guys like I actually do like this stuff like my wife's like do you listen to anything other than tech podcast because like I want to know like what's the latest thing that Azure just released or what happened at Microsoft at the conference thing whatever so, <laughs> so how, yeah. how, oh, go ahead. so if you're on a job and you've been doing it for a while then you're going to get some skills and you're going to start getting dated right so you mentioned that cloud is pretty hot right now. So let's say take somebody that hasn't done a lot of cloud, but they're running a job where they've got some skills that are starting to get dated. And I go to the SQL user group, and every time I ask a question about Azure and the cloud, uh, SQL and the cloud, it's like people don't even react to it. It's like, oh, well, we just do SQL on our little servers in the company. And to me, it sounds like it's really getting dated. So what percentage of the opportunities are you getting? Are like these hospice type jobs where most technologies go to God. Not many. No, I mean, yeah. Kevin's like, Jimmy, how much time we got? We'll go over Azure SQL right now. Hospice type jobs. No, so, so first off, first, great question. But I think, I think you got to find what. Date, like hospice technologies are <laughs> because yeah I mean, but see but see it's, so that question is so dependent on the market and so dependent because like for me like if you asked me six months ago I would say there's no wind form out there but we signed a new client and now there's 13 jobs so it's like so what percentage of your placements are things like that that's what I'm asking okay like maybe 10 15 percent okay yeah but, I, but I, I would I would say PHP is dated. Well, no, I mean, there's a guy that's in Europe. He has a, his own little podcast thing going, well, and he he a company that just recruits people to do hospice IT jobs, yeah. <laughs> and he's got like forty percent growth a year because he's just doing like oh we can do. There's a lot of mainframe. I've seen a lot of mainframe out there lately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so here's the deal. So so there's jobs there's jobs out there for that. And, and if you want to stay in that vein, you just got to be open to move. No, I would rather move, like you said, going to the cloud stuff. I'd like to spend more of my time doing things. Exactly. I mean, I, and so what people don't understand is that looking for a job and like is a full-time job. Like people, like, like, so if a recruiter asks you to like edit your resume or like help with X or help with Y, like don't get pissy with them. Like they're trying to help you. They and so they say what? Can I have about five? Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, but the thing is, though, too, like, you have to understand, and that's why I'm telling you kind of what I said, you have to start looking for a job earlier than you think because there's a lot of things you have to be prepared and have to get ready for, not only what, what the recruiters need, but also kind of on your end, updating kind of your skill sets and stuff. But I will say, yes, there are probably more opportunities out there, and especially companies use us for the newer stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I don't see a lot of the, the hospice compasses or hospice. That's a funny hospice compasses. Hospice 
whatever technology term yeah that, that you're referring to because most companies come to us to find the stuff that no one can find and then I do find somebody that they get six other offers before I can do anything with them. I'm sorry, Dan, I didn't mean to insult SQL. That's SQL. Well, that's SQL is not bad because honestly, the SQL in the cloud, a lot of it's running into the SQL server. I mean, you can see the offer runs How many SQL DBA jobs? So, jumping on Mike's point, I do agree. There are, you know, you go to a group, come to the .NET group here. How many people are currently working in AWS and Azure regularly? How many people on the SQL side are working in Azure, AWS, Google Cloud? Sorry, I had a joke there. Uh, ah, yeah. I got that. Yeah, yeah. So got it. Got it. Uh, but it, it is a fairly small percentage. And of the group that are using it, a lot of them are just using it as IaaS. Okay, I just need a cheap virtual machine somewhere. I'm still going to act with this on-premises mentality up here, and I think there are still a lot of good reasons to stay on-prem. I think that we will be on-prem for a very long time, uh, not least of which because you basically have to rewrite your applications to save any money in the cloud. Um, but it is a fair point that you know there are there's a large percentage of people who will say, I don't really want to go jump on this thing. Like, how many people are jumping into containers right now? Chip is, yes, but it's a relatively small you percentage. Get it, you get it jumping into containers? I know what I said. <laughs> I know what I said. A lot of companies internally used to have SQL DBAs, but now they've moved into like developer DBA positions. Oh, yeah, like a database engineer or whatever type of title you want to run that thing. Yeah. And, and so, so what I'm saying when I talk about SQL groups specifically, or people doing strictly SQL database administration, that's just going away. It's not a growth market anymore. And that's what I meant by hospices, like the things that are not growth market. And I wonder what kind of penetration that the recruiters were getting for those kind of positions. Uh, it so depends. I mean, like I still get mainframe jobs. I still get, you know, I, I think there is, and, and I, I get some, but not a lot, yeah, right? 10 to 20%. And stuff like that, but it's like, that's not something I would want to go, you know, focus on in my, the things that I've done like that, I wouldn't want to go focus on those. I would rather go into doing more. But see what I would do. And that's where I would pair with the recruiter because one of the initial questions we talked about trends, and I said, you know, kind of the dot net with the CI CD stuff, and then Chip just validated me. He didn't realize it a few minutes ago when he was like, Yeah, I just got sent a dot net arch or architect job with a bunch of CI CD DevOps stuff, right? And that's where you got to probably you have to partner with the recruiter. So then you call us, like, Hey, are my skill sets relevant? And I will tell you yes or no. And then if I say no, you need to go, like, We need to get out. And so I think it's again having that constant communication loop. So you know where you stay in the market, not only because of skill set, but also. Cool, listen, it's 7.48. I could keep going for another two hours, but I feel like there's some things and some uh, stuff, some things and things. So thank you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. I love you guys.